Hey, hot young designers. We are announcing our first online workshop and we wanted to get you the scoop. We're calling it You Better Work Pitch. It's focused on confidently pitching for brand collaborations and partnerships. If you've ever been curious about collaborations and you're ready to dip your toes into the influencer side of the design business, we want you to join us. We'll be taking you through our entire process and providing easy to use tools and templates. Now be sure that you're subscribed to our newsletter on hotyoungdesignersclub.com because we're giving our subscribers the first peek when the workshop launches. We can't wait to see you all there. This week, we're giving you a peek into all of our monthly business expenses. Because we've learned that running a successful design business means investing in systems, software, and processes. So we're sharing the expenses and overhead we carry to keep things running smoothly. You'll definitely want to take notes during this episode as we share how it all adds up. Because sometimes you've got to spend money to make money. Let's go! Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Rensted Interiors. We're interior designers, turned internet friends, turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot or that young. Every week, we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the club. club. Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? Happy whatever day it is today. Oh, days don't matter anymore because I'm the master of time. Master of Corona time. <laughs> <laughs> it's Corona time somewhere. It is, it is. But honestly, I'm feeling a little bit like back, back like in my groove yeah. this week. Stella yeah. got her groove back? Stella did get her groove back. (laughs) (laughs) I think you took mine. Maybe you packed mine and took it home with you. Put it in my bag and oops, forgot to leave it there at the house. Um, Yeah. This week, uh, this week is going much better than last week. I'll just like jump in with my fizzle. Oh yeah, just do it. Just do it. My fizzle was after getting to visit with you and see you in Sacramento, I got this stupid freaking cold and it was bad. Like I, I shared with you previously, like I had a fever one night and Sean was freaking out and he was all worried and I had congestion and I, like, it was just weird. It was very strange. Um, Sean was like wearing a mask in the house. I did get Corona tested. It was negative and come to find out all of you listening should be aware too that cases of novo virus, which is the cold, are already on like a 33% increase in the last two weeks compared to the previous weeks. So y'all, the cold is coming strong, which is crazy that it would be increasing so quickly. If y'all are actually out there wearing your damn masks, then we shouldn't be having that happen either. Well, do you think like our little, our cute little immune systems are not but as strong because we've been protecting them? Well, maybe, but then the thing that gets me is like the colds have to come from somewhere. Like they don't just exist in a natural environment. Right. So they right. are being passed. They're on a surface. 
Right. So that's that's you were around a um five-year-old child though which yeah she's like the nexus for all of it (laughs) yeah they're little carriers and we've talked about how like families may have higher immune systems for things like that because you are already exposed to it frequently we don't have any we have we have my nephew but we're like we're still kind of maintaining a distance pod and we're still really careful it's not like we're like loving and hugging and kissing all day when we're like taking in places or going on the swings or something so it's it's not like that but yeah it's it's well, gonna be it's everywhere like you just if somebody has it then you get it and yeah it's hard to avoid yeah. when you're around a kid yeah so that's the fizzle because the doctors are pretty much expecting that to be much worse this come coming fall which we're hearing about I'm once I've fully recovered, I will be getting my flu shot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because you're not supposed to do it if you've already had been like compromised. So you're supposed to wait. Sean's already got his, and my family and everybody's getting theirs. So that'll be next. This is not the year, Satan, to like try to come for us with that kind of crap. So not today. Yeah, We're, yeah, we don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> just have one last pandemic please trials. just once yeah <laughs> just so that's that was the fizzle the sizzle of my week was when i got back from seeing you a uh, fabric sample was here for a custom piece of furniture that i'm pretty sure i'm gonna have made it's just like been bubbling and percolating um for myself for my own home not for a client but uh, the fat, I'm not going to share more about the fabric because I'll be sharing more on social media and on my Instagram and stuff when it comes time to actually share more about it. But it is that feeling when you find the perfect fabric, then you dream about it and then you, you pin it and you want to see it everywhere, but it's like not totally overexposed and been in everyone's house yet. Mm-hmm. And then it's attainable. Like, I'm having that like giddiness, which is like only something designers will understand. <laughs> <laughs> that perfect fabric. And it um, has to be used on something. Right. So I, I, I'm feeling really stoked. I don't know. Textiles are like a love. I just, I don't, I don't know what it is. They just speak to me. Like once you've seen some really amazing ones, you just want to keep using spectacular fabrics and textiles for clients too the quality difference really becomes apparent when you see them in person like we we were talking about that like how we're doing a lot of searching online right now which is so hard to do for fabrics because oh my god the quality is in how they're made and you can't see it until you're touching it it's such a tactile experience. And then to watch how the color, I mean, I know that digital photography, everything has been, I mean, yes, there's huge leaps and bounds on some fabric providers than others. So I try not to count out things that I see online and go, oh, it might not be right. Like it's good to get a sample anyway, cause it could look totally different in a good way or a bad way mm-hmm. in person. Duff. Duff, totes, my goats. Totes. And deaf. So y'all, I'm not gonna share it yet because I'm gonna I'm gonna be posting more about it later. I'm still working on 
after this, I'm going to go talk to my upholsterer and make sure it can work, make sure it's going to be good. But I'm like 90% there. It's going to happen. I'm feeling You're doing it. You're doing it. You've already like, you've already decided. So it's just a matter of how much you're going to pay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, if I can reconcile that cost, which in my head, I already have. Yeah. (laughs) Like Like I almost, I almost placed the order for the fabric this morning. I was like, wait, wait until the upholsterer tells you don't be crazy. Like I would never do that for a client project, but for my own project, I'm like, just get it. Just do it. You just want to drape yourself in it. I just want to wear it like a little sarong or <laughs> a, a capelet, capelet. <laughs> or a little like caftan in the house. What are the chances we would have both said the word capelet at the same time? I mean, it's, it's like, it's that magic that happens. It's Cape, Cape Winslet? Cape, <laughs> Capelet Winslet? <laughs> I should get a cape for fall which down here i'll only be able to wear two days and i'll call it cape winslet or wins capelet (laughs) (laughs) see well if one of you doesn't post a selfie wearing a cape with capelet i mean a cape is different than a capelet (laughs) i'll be really pissed what's going on in your neck of the woods Kind of, yeah, I've kind of been a lot going on. I, hmm, my fizzle, yeah, my fizzle is a little bit of, like, family stuff. Um, Cecily, my daughter, turned six on Friday, and it's been a really big deal. She's been planning her birthday for... 364 days like (laughs) so literally all she cares about and we had a great day like a little pizza party with my parents and um so one of her surprises she really wanted to have a horse party like she's really into horses and spirit riding free is like her favorite show and so we surprised her with a horseback riding lesson and invited the like year right there yeah i invited three friends to meet us um because it's like a good distance distance activity and um right she was like she had a lot of bravado when we got there because she'd done this once before like last year so she was raising okay. her hand and telling the instructor Feeling her like, i <laughs> i know how to i know rule number one like she being really saucy about it and then like midway through the lesson when they're in the they're on the horses kind of riding them around in this corral and i see your little face like starting (laughs) to crumble oh no and her horse hercules he was just he was feeling his oats and (laughs) he kept like stretching his neck down to like smell another horse's poop or something and okay it would pull the reins out of her hands and he knew what he was doing. Like horses are so smart, you know? So the Uh horse knew what he was doing and she was getting really frustrated and scared because like he would be kind of pulling her, like right, pulling her off almost. And she's like moving with it at first unless she lets go. And then she has no, yeah. And then the instructor is kind of yelling, not yelling at her meanly, but like, like, 
they have to be stern because it's a safety thing. So they're trying to like, it's almost like military-ish how like horse yeah, riding yeah. can be, you know? Um, and, you know, because they've got to get these basic rules down. Like you're in charge of the horse. Like the horse needs to kind of know that it's being ridden and not <laughs> the other way. Anyway. Right. That, that the rider is in control. Right. So the woman kind of, I don't know, it kind of embarrassed her and just told her like, don't ever let go of your reins. And the teeth and Cecily just did not like that. And she's like, <laughs> I want to get off. I'm done. I'm never riding a horse again. Oh, so no. Now she oh, hates no. horses. So that's the fizzle? It's yeah. just left at that? She didn't like recover from that and do better after or no, I mean she finished the lesson, oh, no. like she wasn't hurt, so we like you know, kind of kept made her finish because she's I don't know, I don't want her to give up on things that when no. she's just uncomfortable. Gotta so lean into it. Yeah, no, she just hates horses. <laughs> did she did she throw away all the horse toys that were there? Not yet. She's probably gonna pop okay. the horse balloon we got her. Like, <laughs> and I was trying she was to tell telling her... me about her very beautiful horse. That's it was iridescent. It was very pretty. She said I had to be oh, very yeah. careful with it. You saw. So her. when she, she gets horses. rid of, you should ask her. Oh, so should I get rid of all these? I know. You hate horses now, and then she'll probably say no. I'm trying I to tell her that. like Hercules was just kind of a dick. Like <laughs> he wasn't naturally. Like, yeah, anyway. So that was kind of sad, like, when you're a parent trying to, like, make these beautiful moments, especially during right. this hard time where she can't, like, have her normal party. Um, and right. then it got soured. But that's not the worst thing in the world. So writing, so writing lessons in the long term are probably not on the books. Someone did say we probably just saved ourselves a million dollars. So there is that. <laughs> future obsession truer, truer words have never been spoken she'll <laughs> Thanks, go back Hercules. to wanting to be a she'll go back to wanting to be a mermaid yeah oh yeah <laughs> and then i guess my sizzle um i'm like a year behind on this but i've <laughs> i've been obsessively watching succession on hbo max and it's good it's so good i finished it last night and i'm just like completely thrown and now I have to wait another year with everybody else like a sucker to find out what happens to Waco or Waystar Royco. Well, and they, they really trickle out what's going on. So, I mean, another season still isn't going to give us everything we want. Oh, right. They're, they're going to keep making sure to trickle things out to us. But, um, God, they're ruthless with each other. They're family. ruthless with each other. The acting is so good. The, like, I just love watching the sets and just, like, that last episode on the yacht. Like, it's just crazy that people live and operate that way. But also... Yeah, like, or, none of those people are happy. Like, oh no, they're so stressed out about losing their position in the family, and 
double crossing each other and they're just so damaged but anyway the actors are really good i'm glad that kendall won an emmy last night yeah and they were the winner of um outstanding drama series too so i mean they had like six or seven nominations altogether mm-hmm. so i mean if that if you haven't watched it and you're thinking about it it's definitely picking up accolades it's they've got a really good cast the ridiculous enough like you laugh enough at all of it it is drama but there's also plenty of lol moments My, like literally lol like i was <laughs> i've been watching on my ipad and like <laughs> totally laughing like Jerry's doing something else he's like what are you laughing at like Macaulay Culkin's little brother is so funny he is he is and okay and Tom and and Greg it's just like three stooges type of stuff and it's it's really funny it's good comedic like you need some relief in all of the drama and the heaviness and like stress like it's so like majorly stressful like these high stakes situations of power also so ridiculous that like the only music on the whole show is their is their credit music and just over like, and over the, again they just but, play they have no money for music on this show it just nothing it's but the it's so good <laughs> it is this the like piano everything like, it fits in every scene it's great also this ties into something that you and i had watched and talked about was the Paris Hilton documentary. So Succession is about like uber wealth and the way it operates in society. And if you want to see more about that, the Paris Hilton documentary shows you even more without it being a drama series, like someone's real life living with uber wealth and just the level of disconnect from reality is insane. And then if you think of Paris... And her family, like their wealth, like her wealth is like nothing compared to what like these giant Hilton wealth or yeah, media, Fox News owners or or Jeff Bezos dropping billions. Like anyway, it's very good. I did try to watch it when it first came out and like didn't get, I didn't get hooked the first episode, so I came, but I came back to it. Yeah, stick it out. It's yeah, you need time to build the characters. Yeah, and they're never, it's like they're like equally unlikable to where you can't <laughs> you decide hate who everybody? you hate. You hate and love them all. I even love Logan. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off, Shiv. Um. <laughs> yeah, just a dad that tells all his kids to fuck off all the time. It's just, that was not a sheltered millennial unicorn household uh, no. by any stretch. That was not it, um, but yeah, different. Re- it. Yeah, it's a different um, interpretation it's, of a helicopter pro- of parent. <laughs> yeah, he, just, yeah. he just lands literally the helicopter he on the yacht. A fleet of helicopters. Um, <laughs> so so ridiculous. I think you people will like it. I didn't realize for a while that my HBO Max like subscription or account is actually. It's free because of my phone membership with AT&T. Mm-hmm. So a while ago, they sent it to me when they were switching over from HBO Go to HBO Max that mm-hmm. my my existing AT&T like, services 
included at no extra charge using HBO Max. So I just had to register it and do the yeah, thing. Yeah, mine comes but, with our cable account. But uh, it's worth it. And if you don't have one, steal one from a friend. Which I think is a great segue into this <laughs> week's topic about subscriptions that we pay for. Yes. Some we don't, maybe, but... Yeah, some have some have free levels and things like that. But I just feel like through so many episodes, we've talked about things we're using or stuff we're paying for or how it helps us, especially in the process party episodes. But we've never really gotten into, like, how the heck does all this add up? Because yeah. it does. and Or what the value is and why, how they all kind of work together. We don't 100% get into how they work together, but... But the tra- there's trade-offs see. involved in some of these. Like yeah. you need this does this for another one, or hey, if you if you avoid this, like you might be sure you might be saving money it right now, but in the long term, it's costing you somewhere else. So that's why we wanted to hash it out. So y'all get your pens and papers ready. All right, jump in. Let's do it. We have been like peppering in pieces of different business processes and systems and softwares and things that we use. But I think it's really hard to imagine what all that looks like together from a business overhead perspective. Yeah, we are both of the mindset and we were doing this independently before we even met um, about investing in apps and automation to just make our jobs easier and kind of avoid hiring a little bit longer. Yeah, I don't want to spend, like, my time has a lot of value to me, so I don't want to be using, I don't want to be using my own self and capacity as the alternative to working smarter instead of harder, which is, like, a really overused phrase, but I think that's what this boils down to, is using our systems and our steps and our software and all of this to augment our time. And make us better. Yeah, because we have technology, we should use it. It's like the work of multiple people can be done by just smart stuff. Right. Let's not go back to abacus times. <laughs> and and like having a full-time secretary who's like, I'm holding line one for you. Like, <laughs> we don't need that stuff anymore. Right. Or, I don't know. Yeah. I, I did learn how to do a lot of this on like actual triplicate and like POs and invoices that way which was kind of helpful to learn honestly but it doesn't seem efficient it's not scalable I think that's why I like like as I've started to need more things I'm looking for like where is that gap and is there a system that exists already that can fill it and then I, I know that I've talked to other designers who are like oh my god that's expensive and it's just like is that couple hundred bucks a year wor- worth your hassle and the headaches and the like trepidation? Like for me, I'd rather right, pay like to make you, it go away. If you think of how many hours you would spend on the alternative or when it comes to things like marketing pro- products, things you're not even ca- getting the clients. Like yeah, you're making money by spending money basically. I mean, that that's, I guess, part of why we wanted to put it all together is like, let's gather them all in one place so y'all can hear 
all the stuff we're using. And I know some of you are going to go, oh my God, it's so many different things. Well, that is running a business. And yes, it's a lot of stuff. But I just want you guys to think critically and ask yourself, what's my alternative? What am I doing instead? Or what am I missing instead? Or what am I losing out on instead? Or am I just staying small because I can't manage to scale in any in any way or grow? And a l- m- small investment could help you get out of that. Yeah. And a lot of these are just small monthly investments. So it's not like you can – you have the choice of whether you want to commit to, you know, chew off a big piece. Yeah. Annually to save a little bit. Or if you just don't have the capital up front, you can pay monthly, which – Right. I do for a lot. Some you have the option, some you don't. And like full disclosure, none of this is sponsored. We're, this is all stuff we're talking about that we use and paid for. Paid for, but we're not being paid to say one thing or another about it. Yeah. So we have different categories we're going to go through today. And some, a lot of things overlap in our businesses, but some don't. Um, And we'll kind of talk through why. Yeah. I mean, let's just, like, go from the bigger picture of, like, the project management stuff. Because those are pretty valuable software pieces that we use for client management and projects for those clients. Yeah. So I use Asana for project management. I know not everybody does that. Um, I like Asana because it lets me create projects, lists within projects, tasks within projects. I can assign things out if I have um, collaboration partners or other virtual assistant or whoever. I can like create teams. And we also use it for planning our podcast. Yeah. I, I spend $27 a month on that. If you, you know, in an annualized, if you're thinking how much is that? $324. It's really not that much. Like one con one two hour in person consult pays for Asana exactly. for the year for the year, and I get a lot of. It helps me get peace of mind because everything can be written down, everything can be tracked, it can be added. I can avoid costly mistakes. I can yeah, like make them contingent. Like oh, until you finish this task, you can't finish this one. And it project management software is like it's a whole brain inside of it, and it's. It's a whole thing. We're not going to get too deep into it. I think we could probably have a whole episode on it at some point. Yeah. Because it's like we both feel like we're just scratching the surface surface with how we're using it. Um, I have used Trello in the past, which I know a lot of designers use and like. I I did like it, but I think I'm going to move to Asana just to... I don't know, just not have another thing that I'm doing. Like a, another different program. Because you and I work collaboratively in Asana for the podcast. And honestly, Asana has a similar setup to Trello with it, within it. And it's cheaper per month? Yeah. So if you're getting similar power out of the program, maybe that's like a honest reflection? Yeah. So Trello is about $37 a month, the way that I have it set up. And Asana to get the pro is like 27 Okay. That's, that's like a decent savings if you're thinking like, how could I backward engineer a little bit of less overhead? 
Right. And any of these project management tools, like you just got to put some time in ahead, like up front to even Uh feel like they're worthwhile. I'm still discovering stuff about them. I feel like I should do more of their tutorials. But within within a short period of time, I got everything kind of up and moving faster. Mm -hmm. So I was happy with that. And then so that's for internal project management, not client facing. Yeah. And not um, product buying. Right. It's more of just like the internal task management. Yeah. And like what phases of a project am I in? What what steps come next? Do I have to follow up on something from a site visit? I can just track all my tasks. The web version is probably the most robust. But mobile is good. Like if I'm at a site, I can add tasks to my projects at a site visit using my phone. I like doing that. Okay, and then when it comes to actually managing um, furniture and orders and purchasing. Yeah, and like proposals and all that. Like proposals for furniture. Yes. What do you use? I just moved to Studio Designer. And I'm... All of these are just... There's a learning curve to anything. So... I'm really liking it, though. It has a lot of ways to customize. And um, the one thing that it does do that not everyone would love is it basically absorbs QuickBooks. So you do your bookkeeping inside of it as well as manage orders and right furniture proposals for clients. Yeah. I'm interested for you to experiment with it mm-hmm. because I still use QuickBooks and I... I don't want to say like, oh, I'd never change. It's just like I've been in QuickBooks for like three years now. It When it works, it works. You need a big reason to change. Yeah, but I can watch and listen to what you're doing with it. Yeah, and if anything changes. How, how much is it? It's only 35 a month per user. So if you have a, a team. If you have a team, it would add up. Okay. Um, but that would only be the team of people who need to order, place orders and track like shipments and like send a purchase order, mm-hmm. send a proposal, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So how many like projects? Unlimited. Everything's unlimited. There's no other. Okay. And I use Ivy, which is $59 a month. So that's over $700 a year. And that's the, it comes in a couple different pricing tiers. So don't quote me out there. You can go on their website and look at their pricing tiers for Ivy, but that's up to seven activated projects. And I think they go up to like 79 and then it goes, I think it even goes upwards. It of goes that. like you'll, and it's, you'll like um, top out at I think 150 ish. Yeah. Which is pretty, pretty aggressive. I will say that. Like, I recognize that once you've started to go far into it, that's a aggressive pricing model, but I love their interface. Mm -hmm. No, it is good. It's visually easy. Clients Mm -hmm. can work easily in it. I can send things. They can go into their portal. My invoices are integrated with QuickBooks, so Mm -hmm. QuickBooks pulls all that information over, um, and my bookkeeper also knows ivy so she can work natively kind of in both Mm -hmm. um and i like the ease of that i don't love that 
tiered pricing model like the more business you take on the more money you owe us is kind of frustrating yeah and i think what irritates me is it's not 15 live projects it's 15 historical projects yeah so so even once you're done it's still in there yeah because they're hosting a couple years you're for sure going to be even if you're a small little firm after yeah two years you're going to be at that 150 rate for life yeah i only put my full service projects in it like if there's remodel and i'm doing but you're just like holding off for the inevitable basically it's gonna happen i and i'm not in love with paying that much much higher price tag just to keep doing more business i think the theory i believe in the pricing model from ivy is that you kind of build in the cost for that into your projects so the larger projects you have the more it's easier to absorb that cost I, i think it just comes down to value how much do you value the platform what it does how easy it works and can you justify that and yeah i might be able to i don't know yet but yeah i yeah i think it's a tbd i kind of got annoyed and jumped out right around um the time of quarantine and lost all of my project access yeah that's the thing it holds all the data Mm -hmm. all the historic data on your projects and the sources invoices i downloaded it i was able to download it all but yeah so like you to get into it you have to be paying it right and there's a chance it could become absorbed again by house pro yeah i don't know their we don't know strategy so that's also a Wait and see what happens. Yeah, House could be deciding to just bring it all under one umbrella. And depending on how you feel about that, that's not for this episode. Mm -hmm. But you might not like that. Yeah, and we don't even know what that means if that happened. So I think it's just a, it's a good, it's really like a beautiful, easy to use. It's not without its complexities for sure, but um, it is a good if you want something UI. intuitive, it's a like, good user interface. Yeah. Don't be like if you want to get away from having to create like you have Word doc templates for proposals and all that. Like and you're typing everything in. You or need crazy to, spreadsheets. You need with, to stop that. Yeah. Like that has to stop. You you can create billable hour invoices, product invoices, whatever it is. I think the goal would be like get your time back. Of instead of typing everything in manually, let these programs do it for you. Yeah, and when we say proposals and invoices, again, for our businesses, we are only talking about product. Yeah. Furniture, sometimes maybe people put finishes in there. Yeah, you can put fixtures, like bathroom fixtures. If you bought tile or marked up cabinetry, which we don't do, you could do that. Yeah, appliances could be in there. Mm -hmm. Lighting fixtures, all that stuff. You can... Build it all in. But it's not like a, hey, new... This is what I think it'll cost. Or a, hey, new customer, here's my proposal for working together as a designer and my right. design fees. And yes, it doesn't do that. Correct. That takes us to more of like the client management side of things. Right. This is more of the, like, client onboarding process or client management 
um, lead management. Yeah, like when you're getting your inquiries, how do you keep track of them? How do you capture all their data, their contact information? Yeah, trying to convert somebody from a lead to a client. And I think the first layer of that for both of us is acuity is how we get mm-hmm. most of our initial phone call or like discovery calls. Yeah. Or consultation appointments. Correct. And that those forms or links are embedded into our website. So it doesn't look like they're going to acuity. It looks like they're. It's like built in. Built into our website. It's all integrated. And they can make appointments for free. Like on my end, it's free phone calls or different um, levels of consult consultation. Yes. And I use. I mean, we've talked about Acuity on a few episodes here. It's $25 a month. If you pay it monthly, it comes out to like $300 a year. If you do one annual bill, they save you basically the cost of one month for free. So or so it's like $275 for the year. Again, that's less than one two-hour consultation. Acuity is by far, hands down, my most important tool Yes. Me to set boundaries, schedule to, appointments. I hate scheduling calendar stuff. Yeah. And it's, I feel like from the moment I committed to using Acuity, getting bookings became that much easier because in almost all of my inquiries come in late at night mm-hmm. because people are online looking at stuff and they have a book option and they can see my calendar and they can make a phone appointment with me or schedule the consultation right there. There is no email me and I'll get back to you in some amorphous amount of time. Like, no, it's done. It's done. And like literally for a free phone chat, if you're going back and forth twice on each person's end, like you're wasting. What's your schedule look like this week? Oh, what about this? What about that? What about? Oh, God. And then rescheduling. Yeah. And you haven't even been paid. It's a free phone call. Forget it. I'm not. I'm not here for that. Headache, I would just like never have them. If it's that paid for it. with not having headaches. Yes. From and all of that. probably your time, honestly. Like $25, like for like one back and forth for a free phone chat. It's like you paid. already resent them and they're, you don't even know who they are. But yeah, like you're, but, <laughs> but if you attach your hourly rate to those back and forths, you're at $25. Legit. Yeah. So that's like, I wouldn't give it up. No, There's no never way. Never gonna give you up. <laughs> never gonna say goodbye. <laughs> um, and so I would um, just to throw it back. Listen to process party client onboarding. I think we talk a lot about how exactly yeah, we use it. The intake process is really valuable. Probably with consultations acuity. process party too. Yes, that's a good one. Um, acuity then feeds in. For both of us, I just recently started with it, but you've been using it. But then Acuity communicates and can be like partnered with Dubsado mm-hmm. for client management, which is where when we talk about the process party for proposals, this is like bringing in your client, making your design fee estimate mm-hmm. and getting them onto a project. And telling them about your process, your contract, what's involved. Yeah. Automating some of... Collecting the retainer. Mm-hmm. You can collect payment through there as well. I collect payment from a few different 
method. a couple different platforms. Acuity c- can collect for the consultations and things like that. And then Dubsado can collect your project retainer mm-hmm. when you bring on a new client. And Ivy and Studio Designer can collect yeah as well i mean essentially you're using like a payment platform through every one because they all have different preferences but mm-hmm. i don't mind that if it's giving me money i'll take i'll figure it out yeah yeah so dipsado is really powerful um again it's one of those just scratching the surface um platforms that i've been using it for almost three years and I have some automation and workflows set up that I'm in love with. I would love to take things to the next level at some point, but right now it's already paying for itself just with lead conversion and lead onboarding and yeah, all of the stuff that you'll hear if you listen to those process parties. I feel like it's a way, like, it's a much better warm and fuzzy client experience in Dubsado because... I can automate, like, the once I have my free phone chat, I can disposition in Dubsado how that went, and it can then automatically send out my client investment guide, Mm -hmm. and then it can automatically schedule follow-ups on certain integral... I mean, it's it's really nice that it... A lot... It, you don't have to remember, oh, did I check in with them? Oh, did I follow up on that project I want? Like, no, it'll do it for you, so you have your time to keep getting yourself out there and working Mm -hmm. instead of spending time on, oh, it's Thursday, time to follow up on that phone call from two days ago. Right. And, and yeah, you can plug it in with email. um, What do they call it? What do they call them? The email scripts? Like HTML? No, they have a name for the scripts that you put in. Templates? I mean, they're templates, yeah. They have a name for them, though. Oh, they do? Yeah. Like, in Dubs- Oh. But, but basically, it's like your blurb of whatever you want it to say. Yes. Every time something happens. So when you're going to send out a proposal, you can open up to send it in their platform, and it uses their email, the email template you already wrote about every new proposal. Right. And so you're not rewriting everything. No. You're not copying and pasting. It automatically puts the client's name in. It automatically puts their invoice number in there, like... Yeah. You don't have to like... You don't have to program everything. Or like accidentally leave an old client's name in there or something. Yes. Yeah. It'll Oops. it'll do all of it automatically. I've liked it so far. I'm on my fourth client in there. And I already have really liked it. It is $280 a year. So again... Oh, and we didn't say, like, it, your con- your legal contract is in there. That's, like, the biggest, I think, clincher. Yeah, because they can sign it in they there. They can sign without DocuSign or any uploading of PDFs or scanning or whatever. And you make a portal, so mm-hmm. all the stuff that happens in there is saved in there, and they can access it, and you can access it. And I think that's where the warm and fuzzy comes in for clients of, like, time to go to your portal. You can set up emails through there automatically even during projects if you want to it has a lot of capabilities that um, are helpful i am using a virtual assistant who has familiarity with it to help me get it up and running faster Mm -hmm. and that's just because i'm it could take me so long to do it myself that i would it's more valuable for me to have someone do it yeah cheaper or or not ever do it yeah um yeah so just to reiterate 
Acuity and Dubsado, we use up until, or I'm just going to speak for myself. Yeah. I use up until client conversion. So they sign the the proposal and contract in Dubsado, and then they're moved into um, Studio Designer for me, Ivy for Sean. Yep. That's my process. And I might go back to Dubsado for a random, like maybe a reimbursement invoice, like yeah styling products or something that or i to refer them to the portal like the portal is nice that you can have documents uploaded in there that they can get to or design fee balances and things like that right but that's other... a big one yeah otherwise they're not but they're it'll not also book. it um later we'll talk about it but it, it can also help you integrate more with between Dubsado and your mailing lists. So if you're, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't already have something like that, there you should have something that can help capture people's emails and add them into a newsletter or be able to, you know, get back to those clients. And Dubsado is nice that it has some ways to do that. Yeah. Everyone who fills out my contact form gets into Dubsado. They get some information from me again, go back to that process party and that also their email address goes into my newsletter. Right. So. List. That's like client management, keeping track of everybody, not losing out on a good lead just because you forgot to follow up and looking like you're unprofessional. That's important. Then we should get into the reason we're all here is that we're all here making money so the financial expenses that we have aren't we're not going into like office supplies here. That's not what this episode's about. <laughs> no. We're not talking about like you bought a filing cabinet type of stuff. What we're here is Probably just like your ink or whatever. Yeah, like this is you know dependably every month, every quarter, or every year there are expenses that you're going to have overhead for. One of mine is QuickBooks online. I use, I don't have like, I don't buy the software outright. I use their online model. So my bookkeeper can get into it easily. Um, My model, depending on what you need it to do, there's different tiers. My, my tier for QuickBooks online is $70 a month. It's $840 a year. Honestly, if you just all imagine the headaches of not having an accounting software keep track of everything and then you get audited, like, please don't try to do this yourself. Don't no. try to make your own chart of accounts and your own bookkeeping records. No. It's not worth it. No. You need, like, you need proper documentation. Yes. And I pay mine through my bookkeeper, so I don't completely Like, know, they, have but... a, they have a master license yeah. that they then... That's just part of their overhead of services. Right. But like mine is on its own. My bookkeeper logs in and uses it. It's easy. I'm I'm fine. I've never thought twice about it because it's through Intuit, through QuickBooks. It's so powerful. I don't, I honestly, like, I don't even know of another alternative. Studio designer. Well, yeah, which we're going to see. We're going to see how that works because you're still pretty early in that. So would it be nice not to have a separate one? Potentially. Yeah. Um, payments. Yeah, so pay, um, processing fees from uh, external merchants, yeah. basically. PayPal, Stripe, uh, Venmo. I mean, what? However, you're getting money. Venmo, you shouldn't be doing though. No, it should really be coming through a not, business platform. Venmo doesn't want 
They don't want businesses. Businesses are doing it. So keep it on the up and up, y'all, because you need to have records of those accounts that coincide with your banking records. You need to keep the statements. So the fees are usually a percentage. Yes, and you depends. don't want to be paying taxes on the fees. Yeah, get those write-offs for those fees. Um, that's just going to vary based off of how much you put through those payment platforms. I think it's like 3 to 5%. Yeah. A lot of my clients pay the smaller charges through the processors. But if I'm ordering large volume of product or I have big invoices for hourly invoices, they just write me a check. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have to worry about that fee. So cool. Like, Yeah, and there's some other... Um, we don't need to get too into this, but if you accept a credit card payment for something like furniture, a client could um, put a dispute dispute that mm-hmm. charge and your furniture vendor isn't going to care. Yeah. And it could just really cause a lot of havoc. I know people that this has happened to. So, right. so your client ends up with the item, Mm -hmm. you no longer have your payment from it because the money got taken back by the processor and you're out of luck. And QuickBooks could put a freeze on your account as well as your bank. I I would recommend for your like large item purchases to only give them the option to pay like via wire transfer. I do it pretty much for like hard um, product. If it's my own personal time, if it's a design fee and time, then I'm fine getting it digitally because... You're not out something tangible. No. Yeah. I'm with that. But that's a... that's The number's going to vary depending on how much you process through those accounts. So we don't have a number to give you on that, but 2 to 3% is not crazy on some of the places. I feel like 3 half is about where you're going to be for a credit card. Yeah. And it's a volume game too for and a lot Ivy of companies. Will, like Ivy has processing fees. Ivy does it directly, right? Yeah, through Stripe. Oh, it is through Stripe. Or Square, whatever. Not Square. <laughs> They're all. You guys get it. There's a couple different processing <laughs> platforms. I'm not. I'm a designer, not a bookkeeper, not a, not a payment <laughs> processor. Um, okay. <laughs> Business insurance, we've talked about this before on previous episodes. If you're doing business, you need it. So I pay $625 a year for my business liability insurance. You can definitely beef it up. I know that we see other designers out there who are design build, where they are also contractors within. Like, obviously, that's a whole level of complication. The more risk you are, the more you're going to pay. And the more stuff you have and... Yeah, if you've got a whole office with six people in it and all their computers and personal belongings or business belongings like laptops and all that, yeah. Mine's under 400 That's good. So it's just going to depend on how much needs to be insured and how much risk you expose. There's a lengthy onboarding process for any insurance company. They're going to ask you a billion questions. Yeah about how you run your business and that determines how they come up with that number. Yeah. And some vendors will require it. Like I have mm-hmm. some um, people that I work with that they require me to have it because yep. they're not going to accept my liability. Right. They want to see that you have a certain amount of coverage 
mm-hmm. to at least make sure that if something does really go wrong, that they're not just chasing you around as a person, that they just go to your insurance company and handle it. Right. Yeah. Um, also, I find that it's really helpful to share that insurance certificate with customers or clients when we're bringing them on. So that way they see you're not a fly-by-night operation. Hmm. Um, it, that, like, for me is just part of, like, a, oh, you signed a contract? Well, here's some things. Because I want people to really remember this is a business I'm running with you. This is something official. Contractors can do the same. A lot of – I recommend right. clients ask to see it from contractors or check their bonding online. This is part of how I set my credibility is, like, I'm legit. It's a good idea. And that might be something that you could have put into Dubsado. Yeah, just to upload every six months to a year when your certificates update or change, you can just get get them in there. Yeah, and there can just be a section in the their documents that in the portal that if they ever wanna see, even if they just glance and see, oh, he's got all these it's all here. credentials in here. Right. Right. I don't um, I don't know how you're I'm an LLC. But I know that soon I'm going to need to move over to a corporation. I don't know how you're... I'm still a sole prop. Okay. I pay the minimum LLC tax here in California, which is $800 a year. I pay that once a year. You pay it up front before you even know what you've earned that year. Mm-hmm. And then you go from there as my LLC rolls into my personal income tax return. That's a whole different episode, a different time setting up your entity, but from a financial side, yeah, you've got to be ready each year, you know, in the first quarter to be ready to front for that. Yes. So if you're in, if you're incorporated, totally different story. You also have estimated taxes that you pay for that too. That's added overhead. You Corporate need to be, filing. Yeah, it's... yeah. You need to be ready for that too. We're not the experts on that. Talk to your attorney and your, your CPA. CPA. We, yep. we out. Just know that the money is involved. Like, <laughs> it does involve money. Yes. Everything. Well, this whole episode, basically. Money, money, money. money. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about the fun part of what we do. Creative stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do that. <laughs> you know, playing with paint and wallpaper. What everybody thinks we do. Mm-hmm. But in the real, real, it's the, like, software piece of it. For me, it's AutoCAD. I use SketchUp. My AutoCAD software cost each year is $1,500. <whistles> AutoCAD is a really powerful software. It, I mean, it's, I can do everything. It's a big boy. It, I Yeah, I can do everything in it. For me, it's worth it. Is it is it a hard pill to swallow to pay that? Yes. However, I rely on it extensively for every project. I can quickly work up a drawing in it. I work really fast in it now. So Yeah, probably your per hour fee on that is really low. Like cost yeah. per use. I literally like launch AutoCAD every morning when I log in. It auto launches for me because mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be working in it all day yeah yeah i don't get into extensive drawings or plans like you do so sketchup works great for me Mm -hmm. i'm mostly doing floor plans and elevations just to get scale um anything else i would outsource so sketchup's 2.99 a year for the pro version and 
I think it's been great. Yeah. I think you it's definitely worth that investment if you're thinking like, oh my God, I don't even want to learn how to use AutoCAD, let alone pay that much for it. And then there's other version or there's other software too that people love, Chief Architect. Revit, which is Revit is like the even bigger boy to AutoCAD because it's got all the 3D components and construction. I think at that point, you should honestly be t- thinking about partnering with an architect or a drafts person instead of taking on the cost, unless you're really going to get a lot of use out of it. But that's... Like if you're in a new build and stuff. Yeah. So, yes, I think it's just determining what kind of projects you want to do and the level of mm-hmm. detail you need to get into um, and how much you want to learn. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big. I mean, it's I would never ask. try to submit construction documents. No, and even in California, I don't. So if it requires structural work or anything like that, I use a draftsman or an architect or a structural engineer. Mm-hmm. And then my drawings are mostly elevations or detail drawings, section drawings. If I'm getting into like the how of stuff like that, but these are supplemental to the what's approved at the city level. Um, they're more design drawing than they are engineering or structural yeah, drawing. Here's where things go, not how they work necessarily. Right. Here's here's the l- general layout of the kitchen cabinetry. Then the, cab- the cabinet maker is going to make shop drawings off of those. Right. Um, all the fun software from Adobe is also in this category. So... It's Photoshop and InDesign and Illustrator, Bridge. Yeah, Acrobat Pro is big because there's a whole lot of functionality Mm -hmm. in there. Lightroom I use extensively for photos. Um, Creative Creative Cloud has pretty much every Adobe program in it, and you pay a membership monthly to get their like always updated package of programs. I think you kind of have to now. I don't know that you can. I think if you're an enterprise level, they will let you do like bigger. But for our type of like listener base, I have a a lot of you are probably at the, that level where it's like, well, I need access to these programs. It's 52, no, $53 a month. So $635 a year. If you're making presentations, if you are editing images to use them in mood boards. I would say this one's optional. Could you go to the lower end and use Canva? Yeah. Well, a lot of people do. You can. I Look, I use Canva for like Instagram stories. But if I really want to make a nice graphic for something or like when I design my thank you cards or I design my business card, I really like to be able to work with the graphics in Photoshop blogging. I would say you're probably going to, at some point you might want to level up if you're going to be blogging a lot or creating content because Canva makes it a a little bit harder and cumbersome to work on some of these things, especially with multiple layers. I don't, yeah, I, like been in you're in the graphic world for so yeah, long I've like, been in it's Adobe not even an option. since I was in before I could drink so I don't even know actually that's true I was a high school yearbook editor and oh. I used Adobe programs 
all the way back in high school. It's just like not an option for me not to use it. Right. So I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't know how to explain whether it's worth it or not because it's way easier for me to use InDesign than it is for me to use Word, for instance. So Correct. And all the stuff I want it to do, I can't use the basic programs anymore. Like no. I'm I'm so used to having the increased functionality. So I just think it's one of those um if you're going to use it a lot and get value out of it. It's worth it. 53 bucks a month is like nothing. But there's probably workarounds, but just know you're limiting your, your creative uh, level. Yeah. Yeah. And could you outsource stuff to someone who's already paying for this license? Yeah, you can find creative workers who could do some stuff for you. You're paying more than 50 bucks a month, though. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's just whether you want to. And sometimes it's so easy for me just to create stuff on the fly for clients and have it look really professional and branded and my templates are all built. For my experience, though, I just don't want anyone to feel like they have to go out and learn how to do this stuff. So I think yeah. we're not um, probably the norm on preferring Creative You can Cloud. totally get away with stuff in... PowerPoint and Canva and Keynote. Yeah, still create something nice. Google Sheets. You can you can still do it. It's just I wouldn't I wouldn't trade my Adobe programs. If if you had to get me down to stuff like my Adobe stuff and my Acuity stuff are like non-negotiables for sure. So far they're all non-negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I guess I just don't want anyone to feel bad if they feel like they just can't. Oh, you're still doing you're still doing well even if you're not using these. It's not about yeah. that. Hey Sean, have you signed up for the Hot Young Designers Club newsletter? Oh, no. Really? Is this you not wanting to clutter your inbox with a lot of excess junk? No, no. Let me do it. Where do I need to go? You need to go to hotyoungdesignersclub.com. Scroll down till you get to the subscribe button. Just pop in your email address and your name. All right. I'm doing it right now. Is this going to be a bunch of spam? It's not. It's actually not going to be anything until we actually get around to sending something. But we have big plans and we want to be able to send surveys to get feedback from our audience. And maybe once in a while, a special surprise or a recap. All right. I'm on it. Thank you. Back to the show. Admin. <sighs> this is kind of a catch-all category for us. Yeah. We're just going to probably go through these quickly because... Some of them, we don't really have a solid number for you. So, like, one of them is, like, web hosting and web maintenance. Depending on how much you're doing on your own, you could be saving money. Mm -hmm. If you are doing... A, if you're doing a lot of it with help, like, I have a, a webmaster or a, a web team that I work with. You're hosting your domain name... The website content itself has to be hosted, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not crazy to be $500 to $1,200 a year Yeah. for some of that. Um, you don't use Google Enterprise email, do you? I do. Okay. And they you call have it something different now, though. I know. I change I, it all the time. It's basically you have, like, Google Email Pro. <laughs> I don't know right. what to call it. But, they yeah, the program has something different. 
Yeah, so you manage. So I manage my um, emails through it, and any users that I have. Um, Six dollars per month per user. Yeah. So even if it's just your email, it's seventy-two bucks a year. Uh, Don't you get increased drive storage? There's a few. You get. I use the Google Drive that comes yeah. with it. If you bump up a few levels, and you get some other stuff. But for me, I mean. I look like a pro. Everything's in there. It's organized. It's like a vanity license plate for your business. We've talked about this before where you should have a branded email. There's. Yeah. And I guess we should mention the drive part of it. That's where I save everything. Yeah. So Google it's like Drive. It's your backup. Google Drive is my server. Yeah. That I save all of my projects, all of my. Instead of adding attachments to everything, you can share it from your Google Drive. And it's, it's just... not all saved on my computer because if and when it crashes, everything's gone. No, it's all in the cloud. Right. Oh, yeah. I didn't include in this that I have an external backup drive at my house that my laptop automatically back updates to. I don't pay anything for that. It's a... I don't even think they sell anymore. The Apple Time Capsule. Oh, yeah. We have one. So... That that's already separately like I had that even before I started my business and that thing has so much data space on it that it just it works. But I use Drive and that. So between the two, I'm pretty, I mean, pretty safe. So just keep that in mind that in addition to the email portion, it's the Drive portion. Yes. Um, this is like the social media type stuff next. Mm-hmm. Do we both use Linktree? Yeah. Six bucks a month, so you can use multiple links on your Instagram profile. Right. Sorry, I was about to sneeze. Um, <laughs> yeah, so link and profile, like you only get one link on your Instagram profile, which... It's so annoying to change that every time you want to show something different. Yes. So Linktree is one link that you you've probably clicked on one if you don't know what it is. And you open yeah. it, open, click on either of ours. Yeah. And it'll show you a page with multiple little kind of like article links. Yeah. A little mini, um, a little mini menu. And it's really easy to yeah. update. And when you pay, there's a free version, actually, I think. Yeah. But it limits the level of customization and the functionality based on like, that. Like, yeah, the pro version, you can expire links. So you can have something that's only up there yep. for 24 hours or you can put little pic- little pictures, p- pictures with it. Yeah. You can see analytics of how many people are clicking on it. It does increase conversion on my website. You think? Because you can yeah, say there's, book now. Yeah. Or... There's like analytics attached to it of like how many people click on this, how many open it versus how many people actually click through onto the links. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like there's a stronger turnover when people have the option of what page to land on and instead of just like go to my website now I feel like it drives traffic more immediately especially during one room challenge because I can see multiple weeks of the blog posts and people can click through and I can follow that with my Google Analytics which I don't pay anything for the Google Analytics so yeah so it's a clear call to action you decide what the links are called and you can tell people exactly what you want them to do so they're not like okay i could go to this person's website but i'm gonna just then i gotta go to the other page figure out where i'm going what article is it yeah um planally for you can use it for 
of various social media. Yes. Now you can use it for, so mostly Instagram. Facebook. Facebook? If you integrate. Okay. It'll auto-publish for you onto your Facebook. Okay. Instagram. Well, right. Whatever post. It would go from Instagram to Right. Facebook. Exactly. And Pinterest, too. Yes. They just started. Um, it's really, I think, super helpful. Again, I could always do better, but it helps you be able to see what your feed looks like. You can type on your computer your Instead, caption. It, if you have the paid membership, it also lets you plan your first Instagram caption to include your hashtags. Mm. So you don't have to try to go in and put them in separately. You can tag people. You can put locations. Everything you could do from a Instagram, creating it by yourself at the time you want it to post, you can pre-plan in Planoly. Yes. And you can kind of batch and plan. And even if you don't post it automatically, you can have them just in there. So it works really well when you're, you can do a lot of planning on your computer and it syncs to the mobile app. So when you're ready to post. push, you can just do it from your phone. Um, there's a lot of ways to use it. Another version or another similar software is Later, or there's another one called Plan with two N's. Yeah, but we both use Planoly. It's $84 a year. Mm -hmm. I like it because if you use it right and you plan in advance, it means that you're not a slave to being on Instagram all the time. And you can even go on the web platform and reply back to people's comments on mm -hmm. there, which is kind of fast instead of scrolling through and especially once you get too many notifications on the instagram app you can't see everything right so i like that planally lets you see it and then i think maybe most importantly is it gives you good analytics yeah you get to see all of the really granular detail on what people were looking at when they were looking at it where are Your they top posts for the week you can put different filters on it to see Per month, per year, year yeah. over year. Like, it's pretty cool. It's... And it's not like... It's worth it for that, yeah. to me. But. And it's not crazy. Uh, it's got a pretty good interface, so it doesn't... It's not like you're looking like at a like Google Analytics it's dashboard. Good. It's, it's good like, looking, yeah. Yeah. It's easy to follow. It's, it's still simple, I guess. Yeah. Okay, and then still kind of in the marketing world, um, email marketing. Right. So this, this is, is like your email blasts, email blasts, newsletter, updates of new services, whatever you want people to keep on top of. Basically what you send on mass to your email list. Right. Which it's not an individual email. Hopefully you're building an email list. Yeah. Get some type of opt in on your website. That's minimum. You can incorporate it going back to Dubsado and Acuity. You can get them all to communicate with each other. I use ActiveCampaign through my web developer. It's like 14 bucks of what I pay them every month. So it's $168 a year. I've heard good things about it. I think just being able to potentially recapture past clients or people who were interested and keep them engaged. If I mean, at 168 per year, if even just one person remembers to come back to my website and book me for something, it's paid for. Right. You don't use ActiveCampaign. I use Flowdesk. I started, I moved over to them probably six months ago. I have no concept of time. Maybe it's been a year. We've been in quarantine forever. Um, 
I was using MailChimp, so uh, so you've probably heard of MailChimp. They're like one of the big. That's a big name. We you see them a lot. Yeah, I really like MailChimp. They're great. What Flowdesk does differently is they have really pretty templates, so it's really geared towards probably like influencer, blogger, creative types, and they have really it's um if you use Squarespace, which I don't, but I have, it's very similar to their um the templates. Yeah, and their interface. So yeah. It's like WYSIWYG, like you can drag and drop. Just easy to use. Easy to use and just pretty. So. And setting up newsletters is a whole other layer it's of It's really stuff. hard to make newsletters pretty. Yes. MailChimp, I love MailChimp's website and I love their branding, but it's not easy to make. Without having a web developer code it for you, I find it difficult to make beautiful newsletters right so these programs like active campaign or Flowdesk, help you do that which i think is very on brand for designers to have good looking communications so Flowdesk is not cheap it's 39 dollars a month something else actually that Flowdesk does it and it's really simplified like all of all of these things that it does um is creates i think they're called workflows in there too where they're really good for opt-ins so if you have on your website or you want to push customers to sign up for my, f- you want my five top white paint colors? Yeah. Sign up for this little form. You've We've all filled these out. And so it basically is capturing their information. And once that happens, you get the PDF or the link or whatever. So yeah. Flowdesk lets you do that very, very simply. I like that. Those are always kind of fun, like. Feels exclusive, feels cool. You gather some information and you're just hoping to keep in contact with them so you can get capture the business Even one day. Even if you don't know what you're doing with these emails, try to do something to capture them because it takes time to get them and it's you should be using yeah. email marketing at some point. Right. Um all right, bookkeeping. Blech. New cat. This is still in the admin category. I spend between one hundred and thirty-five to one hundred and fifty dollars a month. So anywhere from like fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a year in bookkeeping. It's worth it. So I don't cause problems and get myself audited. Stop doing it yourself. Have someone who knows what they're doing. Trust me, they're going to be faster. I think my bookkeeper finishes monthly reconciling in like forty minutes. Yeah. They're so much faster. Especially if you are not a financial whiz. Yeah. If you have a background in bookkeeping, you might be set for this. Or like you, you enjoy it. Some people I know like I know. like it. I mean, but it's I, like me and graphic design. Like, I like being in my website and designing stuff. So, uh, yeah. But I ha- come from a different Like, background. I also like being an... Uh, mine for that would be I like being an AutoCAD. I love doing work in AutoCAD. So unless it's a task I really am going to hate... I don't, I, yeah, I don't mind being in it. Um, bookkeeping is one of those things that I am going to hate if I have to do it. Oh, yeah. So I'm happy to pay someone who's good at it and also prevents me from having to deal with financial implications of being audited. I know everything's done right. Um, and she manages my my sales tax payments to the state for the product that I sell to clients. So there's some peace of mind involved in that, that I don't have to figure all that out. 
And some can help you strategize and yes, the good ones can help you with budgeting and goal right. setting in that realm. Right. Um, I'm going to start using studio designer, like I said, and I'm, they're going to have a bookkeeper that there works are bookkeepers with that. that they recommend that um, specialize. Um, what else? I have just like a mailbox. <laughs> I have a P.O. box. You have like a mailbox. It's like a mailbox, et cetera, type of place. Yeah, used I used to have a P.O. box, um, but it was I. It was never. It's just like more of a location thing. Like I never went that way, so it was annoying. Annoying to go that way. So yeah. I switched to a mailbox. Little. It's a privately owned one, but I really love it, and it. And they can take packages for they you. They can there. take packages. They can sign right. FedEx, UPS. They can do notary service. It's like kind of like my little. It's a little hub. Admin hub. Um, I can mail stuff from there, obviously, and it's right in my grocery store parking lot. Oh, so e- like you're already there. And I can swipe my driver's license and get into my mailbox. 24 hours oh okay yeah they, and the, i can't are, get packages if they're back there and i mostly have packages but right so i pay 85 bucks every three months which seems um worth it to not have my home address on things like my website and yeah client communication yeah i had a really creepy <laughs> side story i had a really creepy experience a long time ago not in this career but i was doing like graphic design freelance and I had my invoice had my home address on it and I had this man who was a client and one day I was coming out of my house and he was driving by very slowly like checking it out looking at my house and um. he like I did not live anywhere near his office or anything okay was he gonna like think he was coming for an office visit no, he was like scoping. I don't. Oh. I mean, it was like a drive-by, and he, yeah, it was weird. So, ever since, like, it's just a hard no. On it's, it's nice to separate. I stuff. have packages sent here from like company, like real businesses, but like on the, the lighting, public, co- like the lighting company. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a public face of it is another address. Yes. Right, or and that's valuable. Creepers. Yeah. I have my P.O. box. It doesn't offer that same level of premium service. I think it's like $95 a year. I just have a tiny one. Honestly, I don't really use it for a whole lot. But like for you, it's the official registration address of things mm-hmm. is like, just send it here. And sometimes you can't use a P.O. box. Right. Some things you have to have a physical address for. So that's where a place like yours is. It's a it's a physical address. Yes. And the more that I pay at once, the more they... The less it is. I don't know. I'm I'm happy with having it. And it's just a little thing that's part of running a business. Yeah. And then one more is is it Zapier? Mm-hmm. Zapier? 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 I think it's Zapier. Zapier. Z-A-P-I-E-R. It's an automation tool. Yeah, I think there's ways you can pay for it. I'm sure they have ways. Um, I use a free one. Yeah, I use a free one. I don't have any of the super f- amazing, what like, I'm not using any of the complicated zaps is what they call their, like, each little step. But you can integrate Acuity and Dubsado and Dubsado and other apps and Dubsado with your 
uh, email campaign list. Right. So I have a, yeah, Zap set up that. So a Zap is like a little digital recipe that connects two apps, basically. Yeah. Like when someone puts this in on your website, then it tells this app to then do whatever. And then it trigger happens and then this happens. And then it triggers this email in this program. And it just, it, it's like, technology neural pathways basically <laughs> exactly i mean come on guys we're not robots like we're this is just like we're giving you the really big so every movement. time some yeah exactly every time somebody signs up <laughs> for my contact form it does its thing in dubsado and then that triggers dubsado to send a zap to mailchimp right now and update my newsletter yeah, and you can set it to like automatically send a welcome to my mailing list email. If you have like a preset newsletter that gets used for months at a time, it's nice to have stuff like that go out. So if you have Slack that you use for communication, we're not even going to get into that, but it will send stuff in there. It says like, oh, you have a new um, form was filled out. Yeah. I mean, there's again, this there's is a one million of those- recipes, a million apps. So. If you're trying to automate something between apps, look at Zapier. Um, or there's another one called IF. If this, then that. IFTTT. Okay. It does the same. It does the same thing. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm using Zapier because my virtual assistant knows how to make all of it work that way. If someone else had told me use this because it does it and I know it, I'd probably be using whatever it is. I'm just going with the path of least resistance. The easiest way to work is to do what is already native to someone who knows what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, and Zapier seems to have a lot of like handshakes with different apps. So they basically each app kind of allows permission for Zapier to communicate. Communicate and share information. They're very specific recipes. Like you can't just do anything you want. Right. So, I like it, mm-hmm. but when all is said and done, the I think the main reason we wanted to cover all of this stuff was it is not just easy to jump into the design business I without mean, any of it. I mean, this isn't even necessarily... This is like eight to $10,000 worth of expenses every year that you need to be able to cover with project fees, and I don't think anybody's really talking about that. I think it's these are ways to make ourselves more efficient to make more get more of our time back out of every day. Yeah, sure. If you want to work that 16-hour day and do all of this manually, good on you. I don't. I want to be able to like clock out at the end of my day, spend time with my family, enjoy an evening of peace and quiet and not worry of, "Oh crap, did I send that email when someone signed up for this?" No. Right. I could spend my whole day doing all this administrative behind the scenes back end stuff yeah so a lot of this is a bit of a headache to set up but and it's not completely a set it and forget it but some of it is and i always say that it would cost an assistant how much to do a couple hours of work probably more than these apps yeah like you're not going to get an employee for eight thousand dollars a year well, what grade of employee are they going to be at that price point? Like, probably not going to be able to do all this. No. 
So it's a lot. Something that that's something to think about is if you want to be able to scale up quickly but not miss anything and still have the peace of mind that it's all being handled and look like a professional business. Right. I get a lot of comments from clients who are like, "Wow, I really love that system. That was really easy to use." And right, right, right. That I love how really clear easy for me to do. Yeah. Yeah, I love how easy it was, how clear it was. There was no guessing. Like that speaks volumes and. And converts. And it, yeah, it sets you apart. Trust me, for every one of us who's using something like this, someone else is out there not using these tools and it's dropping some people in the dust. Like, so food for thought. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely different ways of doing it, obviously. And there's tons more expenses we didn't cover. These are just kind of the, you can anticipate these every month or every year. I didn't put my Starbucks card fees in there. <laughs> and I didn't put like my postage expenses or materials and samples expenses right. or gas and parking. Like that all that stuff is totally separate. These are sort of the like running the business type of thing. Mostly things. digital. I mean all of it's digital, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that's helpful. We um at some point would we're gonna try to well, we'll have a list in show notes of everything that we talked about. Yeah. We'll find ways to explain things a little bit more. But for now, I think this is a good high level of what everything is. And totally. hopefully your eyes aren't rolling in the back of your head, especially if you're driving. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is go. go yeah, we should have said that early. Sit down. You're going to want to write some stuff down. Otherwise, uh, you're going to listen to this one again. <laughs> show notes. Check them. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, rock I think, on. I think we got real granular on that one. Ooh, y'all. This one was a serious one. And we are not responsible for any of these companies changing their fees or anything that they do. Yeah, this is just a snapshot in time. So who knows what it looks like later? So have at it, y'all. All right. Well, it's good chatting. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>